You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this 2019 anniversary message, Pastor Joe Sulet celebrates God's faithfulness to our church family and inspires us to reach out to others with the love that Jesus himself showed us. Let's give God praise. Good morning, everyone. Before you take a seat, why don't you just say hi to the person beside you. Greet each other with a warm brotherly hug. Welcome to church. My name is Joe. I'm one of your leaders here. And we'll start in a moment. We just concluded a great faith series, which just happened last week, our mid-year prayer and fasting. It was such a great event. So all those who participated, celebrating three years of God's faithfulness that's happening today. And we are very, very fortunate and blessed to have you here today. If it's your first time, Welcome to church. We have cards there where you can write your name on it, your information, so we can keep you posted on what's happening with us here in church. You know, when I was preparing for this preaching, I was, I was asking God to reveal something to me, and he gave me a picture of an empty chair. And I was asking myself, Lord, we're celebrating our third anniversary. It's supposed to be a festive event with a lot of people. Why are you giving me a picture of an empty chair? I don't know. I was just struggling with it because I was thinking that God will show me a picture of something festive, of something really, you know, a lot of people celebrating. But then again, I realized that this has a very relevant message for all of us. There's a family who was driving to church one Saturday morning, and the kids asked the parents, Mom, Dad, do we really have to go to church? And the dad said, well, yes. The kids asked their parents, why? Why do we need to go to church? Why do you go to church? And the answer was, um, mm. <laughs> why do we go to church? Can I ask you, why are you here today? You can be excited about going to church, motivated to go to the gathering, or sometimes you just manage to drag yourself, you know, from bed to come every weekend, not out of anything, but out of obligation. Or just like many of us, we could come up with 100,000 different excuses to justify why we can't. You see, based on a current estimated survey, the weekly church attendance in Australia has significantly dropped by around 13% over the 20 years from 1991 to 2011. It means less and less people are attending church services. According to the McCrindle survey, church attendance in Australia has significantly dropped. And the reason why people are not attending church the top six reasons are as follows. Number one, 47% said, church is not relevant to me. It's not important. I don't think I need it. 26% said, I do not accept how church and how religion is taught. 24% said, the style that you do, church, it's outdated. It's not my style. I'm a millennial. I don't need that anymore. 22% said that 
I have issues with clergy or ministry or ministers, and we all know that. Sometimes you've had a bad experience with someone from church, or maybe you're offended by a pastor. 19% said they do not believe the Bible. And surprisingly, 18% said, I'm just too busy to attend church. Maybe you're just too busy on weekends attending the important things, taking the kids to soccer or going to family getaways, fixing things at home. They're all good things. But when good things, remember this, when good things regularly take you away from church, you have surrendered to the captivity of activity. What does this mean? You have become a prisoner of the things on your to-do list, right? And sometimes you're even too quiet and too busy to reflect on what God is telling us. Remember this, people make time for the things that are important to them. If you're too busy for God, then you have to rearrange your priorities in life. Maybe the things that God wants you to do or that God wants you to do are not important to you. At the end of the day, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of priorities. You always remember that. Maybe you're a big chunk of the people who uh, probably are looking at the things that you can get from church and not what you can contribute to the church. You know, just looking at the average people who come to our Saturday gathering, 10 a.m., it's interesting to observe why most of us would anxiously wake up every morning and try not to be late at work, while people find it so hard to come to church on time. People don't find time. They make time for things that are important to them. I'm not trying to make anyone here feel guilty. I'm just stating the facts. You see, going to church is not about getting a perfect attendance. Go back to that. It's not about gaining God's favor for the week because you have gathered together with his people. Remember this. Church is not a place to go. It is not a venue. It is not a building. It is a living body where God wants you to become a part of for your good and his glory. What we need is a church community. The church is not a physical address. You and I, we are the church. We are the community, which is our theme for this year's anniversary. But how can this community happen if we keep on finding reasons not to be part of it? How can this community happen if you don't build genuine relationships, not just with the people you like, but the people you fellowship with every weekend when you come to church? We're all different people. We have different personalities. But we have one thing in common. We love Jesus. And it's because of this amazing love and mercy of Jesus Christ. That's all we have in common. That's why we're here. Because of that, we hang out. We are here today. We are a community. Join me as we read the Word of God from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 25 to 30. The story of this man in his 15 seconds of fame in the book of Philippians teaches us timeless lessons about community. Never heard of Epaphroditus? Well, don't worry. No one has, right? 
But Epaphroditus played a key role in biblical history. Paul was under house arrest in Rome, and the church in Philippi, which he founded, desired to send him some sort of a care package. They sent Epaphroditus to give that care gift to, to Paul. Now, why is Epaphroditus critical in this part of the Bible story? Epaphroditus faithfully delivered the gift to Paul. He went above and beyond the call of duty. In his desire to serve God by serving Paul, Epaphroditus became seriously ill, and in fact, he almost died in the process. And God graciously granted him health, and Paul sent his friend back home to the church in Philippi. This is where Paul wrote, I have thought it necessary to send back Epaphroditus, my brother, my fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. To the Philippians, Epaphroditus was a messenger and a minister. But to Paul, he was more than that. To Paul, he was a brother, he was a fellow worker, and a fellow soldier sharing the same trials with Paul. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor, such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Now, this is the most important thing. The first word that Paul used to describe Epaphroditus was brother. Paul is letting the Philippian Christians know that he has a connection with them that goes beyond the faith in Jesus that they have in common. They have a deeper connection with each other. The second word that Paul used to describe Epaphroditus was fellow worker. Here, the connection goes a notch higher. Remember this. It is not simply a personal connection between people who share the same faith. This is about serving together. Paul and Epaphroditus didn't just hang out together as friends. They served God together. The third and final word that Paul used to describe Epaphroditus is fellow soldier. He takes the analogy and presses it even further, the analogy of like a fellow worker, and takes it one notch higher, a fellow soldier. Epaphroditus was willing to sacrifice everything to make ministry happen. Even coming to see Paul was a huge risk. He had to travel for months by sea, and that alone was dangerous. And he almost lost his life in the process, as we read in the verse. Epaphroditus thought, Paul needs help, and I'm going to go and help him. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. But if I make it, then I get to bless Paul, and the gospel gets preached to the ends of the earth. As a fellow soldier, he laid his life for Paul. And that is an amazing 
description and illustration of what a true community is, which brings us to the challenge. The challenge is to each and every one of us to walk the journey of Epaphroditus. You know, some of us are just content warming those seats on a cold Saturday morning. The challenge for us is to move from being observers to a place where we embrace, where we embrace the people of this community as brothers and sisters, right? The challenge is here and the challenge is now. How to move from rows to circles. What do I mean by that? How to speak of our church, not as your church, but our church, to be part of a community. The challenge is how to become a part of this community. Church is about two things. Remember this. First, it is about your relationship with God through your faith in Christ. The second is your relationship with the people, with the community, your brothers and sisters as believers of Christ. This may, be not, this may not be your community. Maybe it will be in another church. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that you make that very significant decision to embrace the community of believers as your own, your brothers and your sisters. The key to community is relationships. For those of us who embrace this community, there is a room, a big room to grow. If your involvement in church is just your weekend service coming here, I challenge you to take that involvement to another level where you see yourselves just like Epaphroditus, as fellow workers working to make the commitment to serve God with the gifts that He has given you. It's moving from your seat to actually becoming part of a community, to participating and serving fellow workers in serving God. The analogy is like this. You are invited to a family dinner, right? The dinner and the guest family members, all of us, the family members and the guests enjoy the meal together. But what's the difference? The difference is that at the end of the meal, the family members, they do the dishes, right? What I'm saying is that it's okay to be a dinner guest. It's okay to sit there and just listen and receive. But what I'm challenging you is this. It's okay to be like that for a while, right? But you have to get to that point in your life when you have to get up and say, I want to help with the dishes. You cannot be a guest all your life. You have to help in doing the dishes. Now, what I'm saying here is that we need to be involved. Perhaps there are areas in your life that God has laid in your heart to serve the church and become a fellow worker. We only have two kids teachers. We only have two people manning our computers. We only have two people doing the setup and operating our consoles on a Saturday. I just want to encourage you, be part of the community. Make a commitment to be involved. Make a commitment to serve. It may not be this church. It may be another church. Wherever 
And whenever you decide, remember, your church address is not an accident. You are in your church for a purpose. And that is, that is not just to warm those seats. God created you for a purpose, more than just sitting there and listening and hearing. He wants you to be part of the church community. The final description of Epaphroditus reminds us that the center of a healthy community is sacrifice. It's one thing to love each other as brothers and sisters. It's one thing to want to be involved, to serve, step out, serve together with the brothers and the sisters. But when we see each other as fellow soldiers, we have people from the army here, we know that we risk our lives, we lay down our lives for one another. Then community takes on a deeper meaning. As we celebrate another year as a church family, God is reminding us to start moving from rows to circles. I know you may not feel comfortable being part of a group or building relationships in church, but that is what it's all about. If you think that going to church is just, you know, being a Christian is just going to church and sitting there on a Saturday morning, you are completely missing the point of church. We need to move from rows to circles, be part of communities that serve one another, that sacrifice for one another. You sacrifice for people not just when it's convenient. Remember, following Jesus is not a casual or an occasional thing or practice. Following Jesus is a commitment. It's where we come to a place it's when we come to a place where we become part of a community that desires to serve God, that desires to serve one another. There is one degree, back first, back please. Next, to do life together. Next slide, please. This is what I'm trying to say. It is where we come to a place where we are more desperate for God than we are worried about what we have to give up for Him. Are you in that place where you are so desperate for God more than your desire to do the things that you want? more desperate for God than be worried about what we have to give up for Him. There is only one degree of devotion that God is asking from all of us, and that is total devotion. That commitment is not a word. It is an act. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to the commands I'm giving you. When we talk about God's commands, the issue is not clarity. The issue is commitment. When God asks you to commit, 
there are only two options. You are either in or out. There is no in-between. You're either for Jesus or against Jesus. In heaven, there is no place for lukewarm Christians. Remember that. Brothers and sisters, fellow workers, the final challenge for us is to take a step forward. Perhaps God is inviting you to become a fellow soldier. Maybe God is asking you to surrender something in your life. What are you willing to sacrifice for the brotherhood of believers? Where are you willing to serve in the community? How do you make your life count? How are you using your gifts to serve others? And this brings us back to the empty chair. And now I understand why God showed me a picture of an empty chair. I used to think that the measure of a church growth and success is when people are here and the church is filled with people who worship and sing praises to God. You know, Jesus didn't tell us to work really hard to gather people in a church building, in a place, and then people will know that you are my disciples. No, he said, love one another. And because of this love, people will know that you are my disciples. I honestly believe that we don't need to build bigger churches and fill them with people. What we need are churches, regardless of how small they are where people's lives are transformed by the love of Jesus. Because the love of Jesus compels us to go and serve others. The love of Jesus compels us to move from your rows to circles, to be part of small groups, to be part of friendship, relationship, family. The love of Jesus compels us to be a brother and a sister to someone, to build a relationship with that person. The love of Jesus compels us to become a fellow servant, serving one another for a common cause. Not just when it's convenient. It's where we make a commitment and a sacrifice, a lifestyle, a way of life. That love compels us to become a fellow soldier, willing to lay our lives down for others, just as Christ laid down his life for us. Even though the gathering as a church is an, essential, is an essential part of our Christian life, it is a means to an end and not an end in itself. This is not where your worship ends. The emphasis is not about the building. It's not about the event or the venue. It's always about being the church with a mission. We are the church. We have a mission. The moment you step out of this room, you are reflecting the character of God in your life, if it is, if it is ever existent. And people will get to know the God that you serve because of the life that you live. That is your ministry. Jesus never told us to pray. The church is and buildings will be filled. He told us this, and the harvest, ask the Lord for the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Going back to our empty chair, I want to challenge all of you today, 
as we leave this building and the chairs will be empty once again. My prayer is that the love of Jesus will compel you to become a brother and a sister to someone, not just as a participant or an observer, but that the love of Jesus will compel you to be a fellow worker, to serve with your fellow believers, to serve in the church, to serve in the community, to use your gifts to help people, to make a difference in the lives of others. And my prayer is that the love of Jesus will compel you to become a fellow soldier, that you are willing to risk your own happiness, you're willing to put the needs of others above your own, you're willing to lay down your life for the sake of the gospel, that you would be part of the brotherhood of community, serving one another, and sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. That is what community is all about. And that is what the empty chair means. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.